This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9. Good morning. You are listening to The Morning Run. It's 7.06 a.m. on Friday, the 6th of January 2023. I'm Shazana Mukhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jansan. In half an hour, we're going to discuss what's happening in the U.S. House of Representatives and why a Speaker of the House has yet to be appointed. But as always, we're kick-starting the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. U.S. markets were down after better-than-expected jobs data. The Dow was down 1%, S&P 500 down 1.2%, the Nasdaq was down 1.5%, and in Asian markets, the Nikkei was up by 0.4%, Hang Seng up by 1.3%, Shanghai, Shanghai Composite up by 1%, the Straits Times Index, it was up by 1.6%, and the FBM KLCI, it was up by 0.7%. So for some thoughts on what's moving international markets, we have on the line with us Walter Todd, President and Chief Investment Officer of Greenwood Capital. Good morning, Walter. Thanks very much for joining us today. Now, should we take the first few days of trading this year as indicative of how markets will behave in 2023? In other words, it's still volatile. Yeah, well, Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I think we're going to see more of the same than we saw in 2022, at least in the first part of 2023. And I think these first few days are kind of giving us a glimpse of that. Really, the first day of trading on Tuesday here in the States was extremely volatile from the pre-market to, to where we ended. And uh, we've seen some more volatility. And I think it's just a function of people trying to understand what the Fed's going to do at their next meeting. And then also we're about to enter earnings season um, in, a, in about a week or so. And that will give us some more information about where companies are. Okay, so we look at the FOMC minutes that just came out, right? It clearly looks like the Fed is going to maintain their rather hawkish stand, very determined to keep inflation at 2%. But so does this narrative change your asset allocation strategy for the year? Yeah, so the Fed's been very consistent in their messaging, as you said, uh, in their minutes. They want to convince the market that you know they're not going to cut rates anytime soon. Um, unfortunately, I guess for their perspective, the market's not really buying into that. If you look at the Fed funds futures, you're they're anticipating some rate cuts in the second half of 2023, which is what the Fed says they're not going to do. So there's just a you know kind of debate going on between the Fed and the market about what's going to happen in terms of asset allocation. I think you know interest rates have moved up significantly over the past 12 months. So bonds, which were you know kind of uninvestable for a while, now look pretty good as an asset class. So I think as bad as the 60-40 balance portfolio did last year, I think the outlook for that allocation is much better this year, given the starting point. Uh, for interest rates and for valuations on equities as well. And Walter, in light of interest rates trending upwards, how would U.S. banks with consumers facing loans like mortgages fare in comparison to ones whose balance sheets are weighted towards commercial lending? Do you foresee any liquidity issues here? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it really does depend on the on kind of the bank's makeup of business, as you're alluding to. I mean, those that have a heavy concentration in housing and mortgages have really suffered as mortgage rates have doubled. So housing activity has really dried up, and that's been a big challenge for banks. On the flip side, you've seen banks, uh, the spread between what they're making on loans and what they're paying for deposits is still pretty wide as rates have gone up. They have not moved up their deposits rates as fast. And so their net interest margin has expanded. So that's been good for banks. We'll get a really good insight into this starting next week when banks start to report earnings. And there's a lot of concern about credit 
risk as the economy slows and anticipated recession later this year. So I think banks are kind of a, a battleground area right now for stocks in terms of depending on their business makeup, uh, where you want to be. Uh, we are underweight banks at the moment, but we, we do think there's still some opportunity in some of the bigger banks uh, that will make good money on that net interest margin. And looking over at um, Tesla, Walter, Tesla's share price has plummeted 72% over the past year on missed production and delivery targets. Are there problems or bellwether for the uh, electric vehicle space in general, or are they unique to the company itself? Yeah, I think there's I think there's somewhat unique to Tesla. I mean, it's, it really has to do with the, the, the amount that has gone down really has to do with the starting point. When you look at the valuation of Tesla a year ago, it was really you know, anticipating that they were going to produce every electric vehicle ever made when you looked at the valuation over a trillion dollars. It was just unrealistic. And so I think this is, you know, bringing it back into reality. Unfortunately, I think there's more to go here, honestly, because I still think it's overvalued relative to the rest of the car space. And of course, the situation with Elon Musk and, and Twitter and what's happened there has been very unique to Tesla as well. So I think some of it's macro related. But I think most of it is company specific and the starting point for the valuation of that company. Okay, Walter, related to this is that debate between growth and value that we keep hearing again and again. And in 2022, it seemed like value finally warned. Uh, Do you think in 2023 that might change? Because will tech stocks, which are very growth uh, driven, will they have have a chance to shine? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, growth had had a heck of a run for about a decade uh, and value really started outperforming in, in um, actually mid 2021 and then outperformed last year as well. Um, so this is something we're discussing internally. And I think I do think value is going to continue to do well. I don't think it will outperform as much as it did in 2022, because a lot of these, as you say, these big cap tech stocks or even the smaller cap tech stocks that have been hit so hard. Are, are probably due for some some mean reversion or bounce. So I think you'll see episodes where growth will outperform. And if the Fed stops raising rates, that could be a, a period where growth outperforms. But I still think it's going to be more, more balanced between growth and value. But I still think value has the edge here because it was a long time that it underperformed coming into last year. And very broadly, what kind of sectors fit into the value category then? Yeah, so I think traditionally you look at like financials and uh, energy and uh, industrials would would fall into that value category, whereas tech and discretionary and healthcare would be more growth oriented. But I do just want to make the point that there's really growth and value within every sector, so you can kind of break up break the sectors apart and find growth and value areas within each sector. So you can really kind of dive into it that way. But that would be more the traditional way would be the tech discretionary versus energy, financials and industrials and utilities, let's say. And Walter, I'd like to get your thoughts on Amazon. It's outlined plans to cut 18,000 of its staff amidst rumours that Jeff Bezos could return as CEO. What sort of headwinds uh, is this US retail giant facing currently? Yeah, so tech companies in general, we've seen a lot of job cut announcements. We've seen this from Microsoft. Uh, Salesforce was the other day. Amazon's the latest one to, to cut jobs. It's really a function of the overhiring during the pandemic um, and, and trying to unwind some of that uh, growth pull forward that we saw. And Amazon's no different here. Um, I think there's a lot of kind of unique situations with Amazon because the, the – uh, the competition for Amazon has improved dramatically. So, you know, five, 10 years ago, Amazon was the only game in town from e- e-commerce. 
standpoint, but now you've got you know Target and Walmart and others competing much more effectively with Amazon. So it's a little bit of a headwind for them. But I think it the job cut announcement just speaks to the fact that you know tech companies hired too aggressively during the pandemic, anticipating this growth was going to continue, and now it's slowing down. And they're having reversed that. I don't think this is the last job cuts we're going to see, uh, probably from Amazon or from a lot of companies uh, here in the U.S. as well as as growth slows. Walter, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Walter Todd, President and Chief Investment Officer at Greenwood Capital, giving us some of his uh, thoughts on trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Yeah, I think he thinks first half will still be quite volatile. Um, he thinks that you know, we have to monitor the earnings season, which will start very soon. And I think the market still is, the Fed funds trade the futures are still pricing in a rate cut, but the Fed has been very consistent in terms of their take on inflation. And I think in terms of value versus growth, he thinks value has underperformed for far too long and it should a be... Decade. Uh, yeah, it should be um, on top of once uh, in, in, in terms of their buy list. But in terms of growth, I think tech could at some point revert to its mean. And, and that, I think, turning point would be when the Fed pauses its rate hike. Yeah, so terminal rate, right? Uh, when will that happen is the big question. But, you know, he brought up an interesting point, which when you look at it, makes a lot of sense, which is within a sector, you can always find value and growth stocks also. It's not like broad categories work, although there are cases of it. And I think, yes, for, for, for sure. So value is found in, let's say, financials and growth is tech. That's an obvious one. Um, but I think that points to many fund managers in 2023 doing a bottom-up strategy rather than a top-down strategy. I think that's key, right? Uh, especially since markets are going to be volatile. So pay to, it pays to be nimble. The other thing is clearly, I think a lot of fund managers are looking at fixed income. Cash is no longer trash, right? Rates are going up. So for a decade long, money flowed into equities. It was all about risk on. But 2023, that narrative has clearly changed. Well, let's turn our attention to some uh, corporate headlines um, that have come out this morning. Uh, we have news coming out of Costco, and maybe it's good news or maybe it's not so good news, depending on how you want to see it, right? Costco fiscal uh, second quarter sales are showing robust momentum, rising 7% in December. So the performance reflects the company's strong supply chain, chain management and merchandising. For the 18 weeks ending January 1st, sales rose 7.6% to $81.2 billion US dollars, um, and analysts were expecting um, a 5.3% gain in the second quarter. So it did a lot better than expected. Showing, mm. I suppose, the holiday boom in a yeah. way. I think we need to remind people, like, what is Costco, right? It's a discounted... Uh, it's a wholesale, wholesale trader. Wholesale so trader. You, you tend to go there to get groceries in bulk or items in bulk. Yeah, so you buy, like, 72 toilet rolls. Yes. Something like that, right? <laughs> like 10 kg of, of, uh, of uh, you know, clothes, uh, what do you call it? Washing powder, stuff like that, right? I've, I've seen pictures. I've never been to a Costco, but I've seen videos of it. Of it and I would have to say I would love to go because <laughs> I love to, you know, roam the supermarkets. Uh, but I think it's a bellwether of how consumers feel. Um, are they starting to feel the pinch of inflation? And uh, so far, actually, the street is indicating, indicating that the U.S. consumer still remains robust because there are 25 buys on this name. 
12 holes, no sales. Consensus target price for this name, 547 US dollars. Last night, it was down uh, $6.37 to 450 US dollars. All right. So maybe positive, somewhat news coming out of Costco. But if we look over at Bed Bath & Beyond, they're actually exploring options, including a bankruptcy f- uh, filing to address its plunging sales, dwindling cash and debt load. So here's the other side of it. Maybe we are seeing inflation start to bite for names such as Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, the company's shares plummeted 23%. Um, uh, in early trading after the news and um, they said that they have substantial doubt about their ability to continue as a going concern. Yeah, and th- I think in terms of their third quarter numbers, they declared a third quarter loss of 385 million. I think they're due to release results, actually, fourth quarter results quite soon. And the company's fortunes have dwindled and its stock has collapsed in value after it pursued a strategy focused on its own private label goods. Its management has since reversed course, but I guess it's, it's a bit of a little too late. Yeah, Street clearly doesn't like it. I've never seen so many sales. 12 sales, three holes, no buys. Consensus target price for the stock, one US dollars and ninety six cents. It was down seventy two cents yesterday to one dollar and sixty nine cents. Uh, it's one of those companies. Okay, I have been to a bit Bath and Beyond in New York, and it sells everything related to bit, bit Bath, Bath and, and more and more <laughs> beyond. And I wonder why did the brick and mortar, uh, you know, their, their channel strategy didn't work. What what was it? It wasn't attractive. Maybe they didn't keep up with times. Perhaps so. I mean, there's a lot of competition in this space when you think about it and a lot of cheaper options perhaps coming online. Um, but 7.18 in the morning, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and continue discussing the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.